I really think that what's going to happen over the next five weeks is your hearts are really going to be pricked. I can only tell you that the resource that you're about to, what we're fixing to go through and what we're going to experience, everything from our services all the way down to our missional communities, it will prick your heart because I know what it's done to my heart. So it really doesn't surprise me that the devil's at work and this thing up here ain't working, but that's okay because I know the value of who we are isn't based on this screen. But I want you to take your Bibles and I want you to turn to a passage of Scripture in 1 Timothy. And I want to share a passage of Scripture with you that as Paul taught Timothy, I can almost imagine myself in Timothy's position and Paul speaking to me and saying, Sidney, this is, this is what I want you to tell the people. I want you to share this with them. <clears throat> and in 1 Timothy chapter 6, we're going to read these passages in just a second. But at the, at, the end, at, the, at the start of Heritage, there were some things, some decisions that we made early on. Um, because of the group of people, the types of people that we were trying to reach, Tom, Heritage wasn't set up and it wasn't began to reach people who were dissatisfied with where they were going. Heritage wasn't created to be a place where programming would be at the top of the list. Heritage wasn't started to say that we wanted to be able to do church better than other people. Heritage was began to reach unsafe people, unreached people, people that didn't know the Lord, people that had fallen away from the Lord, people that had gone to church for years but had walked away for whatever the reason. And early on in our days, there were some major decisions that we made because we knew some things about people in church. You know, if you were to sit down and you were to look at some excuses that people might give for not attending church, what are some of those excuses and just what might they be? I wanted to read some things to you because this, this is very interesting, very, very interesting stats. If you were to poll people and you were to ask them, why, why don't you attend church? I wanted to give you say a top 10 list. Can I do that for you? Here, here's, here's one of those. Here's one of those. The church is full of judgmental people. You ever heard that? Church is boring. Listen, it's never boring around here. You never know what adjustments <laughs> might need to be made. So just hold on. Um, the church is for exclusive people, and I'm not in that crowd. I'm not good enough. I don't like organized religion. The church is full of hypocrites. Would everybody in this room please stand up? <laughs> Life is better without religion. I will have to agree with that. I don't have time. What do you think the number one is? I don't want to go to church. They just want my money. <laughs> Isn't that true? I mean, have you ever been, you know, every time I go to church, I hear this all, the only thing they ever talk about is money. Yeah. Money, 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 money. <laughs> Brian, it's really funny. I felt like the evangelist at the end of his service saying, guys, I just need to take up another offering because the bus is broke down, okay? Let me, let me assure you of this, 
God doesn't need your money. He's not after your money. He's got a, the cattle on a thousand hills. What he wants is your heart. See, we're willing to give him our money a lot of times. We don't mind giving him 10%, but it's not the 10% that he wants. He wants the 100%, Jerry. See, we want to fight over that. Because God, here, I'll give you 10. Just let me keep my 90 and do with, I, with that 90 what I want to do. Sometimes we say, well, you know, uh, this deal about money, uh, God doesn't need it. He just happens to know there's a connection between the money, the th our wallet, and our hearts. So we're going to talk about money over the next several weeks. But we're going to talk about it a little bit from a different perspective. Because we're not just going to talk about money, but we're going to talk about generosity. Brian and I were recounting some stories, and I'm amazed at some of the stories of generosity that we've experienced in such a small amount of time as a church. And some of those acts of generosity go on behind the scenes that nobody knows about it. But isn't that the way that God would love for it to happen? But there are times that we, we want to we sort of lift those things up because they're, they're significant things. Because our generosity has a way of promoting and encouraging others to be generous. Hillary, I'm going to take you for instance, just for a second if I can. I remember you guys moving, and I remember you putting on the city, we need a lawnmower. I remember somebody bringing you a lawnmower. But not only did they bring you a lawnmower, they cut your lawn for you. And I also know that here coming up at, at Thanksgiving, that out of your generosity, and I'm not going to say it's because of the other person's generosity, but now that sort of led you and your missional community to say, we just don't want to have Thanksgiving. We want to invite some others to be involved. We want to invite some others into our place so that we can celebrate Thanksgiving with people maybe that are a little less fortunate or don't have others to, to visit with. And so your small group has gotten together and you guys are doing a Thanksgiving meal here at what time? At 3 p.m. on Thanksgiving Day. And I want you to know how, how awesome that is. How awesome that is. Some people have plans, and they, but you know there are sometimes people that don't have plans. Hannah works with people that don't have plans. They don't have family. They're widows or they're widowers, and they serve. We serve them during the weekday, but now you've given a place for them to be able to come. Thank you for being generous. And there are multitudes of other stories that we could talk if we want to talk about generosity. But I want to read this passage of Scripture to you, and then we're going to do the oddest of things, and we're going to turn that way and watch that video clip. <laughs> but I want you to hear the words of Paul. I want you to hear the words of Paul, and I want you to hear the heart of Paul as he talks to Timothy, who is in, he's instructing Timothy, these are some things that I want to remind you to talk about amongst God's people. And this is what Paul said in, in 1 Timothy chapter 6, verse 17 through 19. And this is what Paul told Timothy. Teach those who are rich in this world. Now, let's remind ourselves who's rich, Jim. Who's rich in this world? Those of us that have more than what we need. How many of us in this room have more than what we need? 
You may not have more than what you want, but you have more than what you need. You've got clothes on your back. I don't see any of us in this room that are starving and have not had a meal in the past day or two. Every one of us in this room have more than what we need. So according to this standard, we are rich in this world. And he says, command those who are rich in this world, those of us that are in this room. And I can imagine Paul saying, Sidney, this is what I want you to do. I want you to tell the people, I want you to remind them, those who are rich in this world, not to be proud and to trust in their money. I want you to remind them, listen, not to be proud and trust in their money, which is so unreliable. Now somebody tell me what it means that when it says that money is unreliable. Here today and gone to money, tomorrow? What else? That's right. Miss Diane said somebody could rob you. That's exactly right. Can you take it with you when you die? No. What's the old saying? I never see a, you know, a, a hearse dragging a, it doesn't happen. Can't take it with you. Even though I've heard some good stories about what people have put in their caskets in the past. <laughs> but he said, which is unreliable their trust should be in God who richly gives us all that we need for our enjoyment and in verse 18 he says tell them to use their money to do good how many of you ever have thought about using the resources that God has blessed you by the way how many have ever thought about using the resources that God has blessed you to bless other people they should be rich in good works and generous to those in need, always being ready to share with others. Are you a give me person? Give me, give me, give me, give me, give me. You have that with your kids. Give me, give me, give me, give me, give me, give me. Are you a give person? Give me, are you a giver? By doing this, they will be storing up their treasures as a good foundation for the future so that they may experience True life. True life. So true life isn't necessarily what I obtain. True life isn't in what I gain. What I bring in true life comes from what? Good foundation for the future so that they may experience true life. True life isn't in the love of money. It's not in the possessions. It's in Jesus. You know, <clears throat> our journey in Christ begins with, yes, Lord, I'll follow you. And we don't mind following and coming to church. But when it comes down to living for him on a daily basis, that's a little bit more of a challenge. That's a little bit more of a, of a stressor. That's a little bit more. See, gospel living just doesn't affect and have an impact in your eternity, but it has an impact here. Here. It's not just for the temporary, but it's for the eternal. And, and Jesus himself, I think if you were to go back and you were to mark it out, Jesus himself spent more time talking about resources and finances than he did heaven and hell. One of the favorite passages of Scripture is, do not store up for yourselves treasures on earth which moth and rust destroy and thieves break in and steal. But store up for yourselves treasures in heaven 
Some of you may have a full bank account here, but are you storing up treasures in heaven? And what does that look like? What we're going to do over the next few weeks is we're going to take and we're going to watch a video clip that is so impactful, and I don't want you to miss anything because there's so many parts and pieces of it that have the ability to impact your life. And I don't want you to miss out. But what I want you to do is I want you to watch very intently as this video parallels a family's life as they walk through reality. It's a tremendous video clip. I love this so much that not only are we going to do this, but I'm looking down the line next year of what it looks like to not only live generously, but love generously, and then the following year, what it looks like to lead generously. But before we even begin this, before I even watch this little video clip, and you have to turn around and watch it, and those of you have to hang over the front and look at it, <clears throat> I don't want you to miss it because I know how impactful it was in my life when I first saw it. And I, and I saw it when I saw it, I wept because I go, I don't have that heart. See, I don't mind tithing, and I don't mind sending money to missionaries. But it ain't about the duties and the responsibilities. Are you with me? It's about the heart. It's the heart. And I don't want, want anybody to miss this because this is the heart that I want the people of Heritage to have. Because if we have this kind of heart, it'll impact this whole area and far beyond. I want to pray with you, and after that, we're going to watch this video so rudely you can just turn away from me ignore me and watch that video clip let me pray with you father this is what i'm asking over the next couple of minutes this is i believe this is of this is uh, of you this is so impactful and well done god that this this storyline speaks to the heart of every one of us that are here i pray we wouldn't miss it and father get caught up in the fact that it talks about money or, or resources but father this this video really hits to the to the core, the center of everything, when it, it's really talking about the heart of believers. What would it look like, Father, just not to, to, to giving of a check or tithe? What would it look like if our heart says, God, whatever I have is yours, Lord, and you use it for your glory and for your kingdom, that I'm going to back away from my, my desires, and I'm going to back away from my plans to say, Lord, as I live my life, I'm going to be listening and I'm going to be, I'm going to be uh, looking to say, God, how do you want to use the resources and how can I be a good steward of what you've entrusted me so that, so that the resources that I have are not just storing up a kingdom here on this earth, but I'm preparing for a kingdom in heaven. I pray that you would use this to speak to our hearts today. That's what I'm praying. There are different people here from different stages in their and their walk with you. Some are going to see this and go, wow, that's, that's, that's what's been going on. Some are going to see this and not going to want to come back for the next three or four weeks because it's going to just bring about, man, I don't know if I really am that, at that place in my life. But I pray, Lord, you'd take this video and it, this little clip and that you'd use it in such a way that it just totally rearranges our life and our thoughts about what generosity is really about. In Jesus' name, amen. Watch this video. Hi, Evan. 
solid plan here, Frank. Got all your bases covered there. Good. Do you have that workup from last week? Oh, yeah. Got that right here. Here it is. College, retirement, you name it. Bottom of column C is your total net present value. Cover every expense for life. Stay on track. I'd say that's a realistic goal there. Uh, well, let's take that and double it. Double it? Just to be safe. You're the boss. New toy? Favorite toy. It's an old vintage biplane, probably worth a fortune at an auction, but I can't get him to put it down. Uh, you know, uh, we, we'd mentioned uh, talking through a charitable giving plan. Oh, right. Uh, put that on the list for next week. Will do. Thanks again for all your hard work. Hey, no need to show me out. I know my way. You enjoy the pool. Right. Bye, Cassie. Hold on just a second. Goodbye, Alan. No, I think that's a great idea. They're gonna love it. We would be happy to do it, Janice. Okay, see you then. She's still having you go to that thing tonight? Uh, that thing would be welcoming back the Davises after three years in the Philippines. Mm. And no, we're not going to that thing tonight. We're not. I said that we could host it here. Cassie. Frank. What is wrong with Janice's house? If you'll excuse me, I've got a caterer to call. Oh, that looks delicious. What are those for? These are some clothes for Lindsay. Janice said that they had to leave almost everything behind. You should pull out some stuff for Chris. You send him a support check every month. Wait, are we done doing that then? Ray, you didn't have to do that. Well, glad to do it, Ms. Donovan. You know, we had a family at our church, lost their house on a fire. We had to get together for them, too. Blessed every one of us. <laughs> Mom, the Davises have kids, right? Just one. A boy, about Evan's age. Um, Tristan, I think. So now we got kids coming too? Just theirs and ours. Yeah, now. It looks like it could just fly right off the page. Zoom! <laughs> <laughs> Why are you bringing stuff in? That's not your job. No, I just want to. Why? Can I show you something? Uh, yeah, a long time ago, God's people used to sacrifice sheep to show how much they loved him. Right? You know, some folk would give him the best of the best. Right? Big and healthy and white as snow. But some of the folk didn't want to give up the good sheep. So they would give God their skinny, sick, and spotty, and stinky sheep. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Which sacrifice do you think would make God happier? The good sheep. There you got it. So, you know, I don't have to carry stuff in and all that, but uh, I just don't want to give God any stinky sheep. <laughs> <laughs> 
are you doing, Dad? I'm looking for something to give the Davises. They just got back from the Philippines and they don't have much. Mom told me to tell you that they're here. Okay. Well, it has been so long, and we are so happy to have you guys back, right? We'll be right back because I want to bring you to see Janice. Come on. Thanks again for hosting this, Frank. It's very generous of you. Don't mention it. Uh, how are you guys settling in? We're getting there. Tristan here has been quite a trooper. Hey, I wanted to, uh... Hi, I'm Evan. Hi. My mom said you didn't get to take any toys back with you. We didn't have room. Do you like airplanes? Yeah. This one's pretty neat. You can have it if you want it. Thanks. Want to go play? Go on. Wow. You must be so proud of him. Yeah. Would you excuse me, please? toys back with you. We didn't have room. Do you like airplanes? Yeah. This one's pretty neat. You can have it if you want it. Pretty good, huh? What kind of family was, was Frank's family? Believers? Christians? Come on guys, help me out. What kind of family was Frank's family? Successful? Some say rich? Believers or non-believers? I want you to think about that just for a second. See, that's really a lot of us. You ever had those discussions in your home? There's a difference between cheerful and unwilling. Anybody ever given unwillingly? You know, when you put your tithe in the offering plate, do you ever put it in, or the offering boxes, we don't have plates. Do you ever give unwillingly, but out of duty and responsibility? Do you ever find joy in that? Let's talk about Frank just for a second. Let's, let's ask the question, what kind of person do you think Frank was? From the outside, Frank was what? Successful. Successful? Somebody else, what was Frank? Like a good, person. good person. Do you think Frank would have been respected in the community? Mm -hmm. what, else, what, else, what, other, 
What other type of person would Frank have been? Good father? Mm -hmm. Got it all together? Looked like it from the outside, didn't it? Good provider? That was a nice house, wasn't it? <laughs> I mean, did, do you think Frank gave out of sense of duty, or did, did he give willingly and abundantly? How did he give? What'd you say, Kathy? Out of duty. Responsibility. Um, what were the ways that Frank used the resources that God had blessed him with? You got a nice watch? Materialism? Is there anything wrong with having nice things? Not at all. Let's don't even begin to paint that picture here. It's not about that. It's about the heart, the condition of the heart. Um, what did Frank want to do with his charitable, begiv charitable giving? You remember when he was meeting with the financial advisor, what did he want to do? He wanted to push it on up, baby. Push it on up. Um, whether it was whatever it may have been, may have been giving to beyond the walls, it might have been something for Project Legacy, it might have been helping the school, um, it might have been something else that was going on. He wanted to up his charitable giving. Um, he, he wrote a monthly support, you remember that? He wrote, wrote a monthly support check to the Davises. It's easy to give a check sometime, isn't it? Let me just give a check. How do you think he felt about hosting the event for the missionary family? Why do, you think, why do you think he was sort of not happy about that? Intrusion on his space? Hmm. Brian and I were talking about the other day. A lot, there's a lot of things I think that we say that are sacrifices, but are they really sacrifices? I mean, it's one thing to give somebody something, but yet when you've got the money to turn right around and buy it, is that a sacrifice? What is a sacrifice? What is a sacrifice? Marty, what's a sacrifice? What is a sacrifice? What'd you say? You got to give up something in order to get it. To give it. Okay. You've got to sacrifice. And we know the passage of Scripture that our Heavenly Father gave a sacrifice. He gave it all when He gave His Son. Was that a partial gift? No. That was, a, that was an everything gift gift how do you use the resources that god has blessed you with do you ever think about the resources that god has blessed you with isn't so much about building your kingdom is it is it is about building his kingdom because you go back and you remember who is the giver he is now sometimes we don't like that because we ask the question why is it that they have more than i do God gives to whom he pleases. That's hard. That's hard to understand. But how do we use and the resources that God has given us? Maybe you don't have more because you can't even utilize what you have and be responsible with that. Too much is given, much is... Wow. 
How many of us hold on to resources for those just-in-cases? How many of us have that? How many of us are afraid of the word sacrifice because of the what-ifs? Let me ask you this question. What is your sheep? I mean, what is, it, what is, what is, your, what is your sheep? See, for Evan, it was his airplane. For Frank, it was his watch. For Ray, it was the plant that he gave. You remember the plant that he gave? He didn't have a lot to give. You'll learn more about, you'll learn more about Ray as we walk through this story and where he came from. But he gave what he had, didn't he? But the question is, what is your sheep? Because what we do with what we have isn't always a reflection of our abilities, but it's a reflection of our hearts. Do you think that giving is a form of worship? Wes, do we think that giving is a form of worship? Um, do you feel that you give God the best or do you give him the leftovers? How many of us have a, a watch drawer like, like Frank? How many of us, when there's that opportunity to give somebody something, you go to that watch drawer and you pull it out? Are you with me? Can I tell you my own little personal story? After I watched this, I wept profusely. Is that a good word? Because I had just given somebody something. And it wasn't the best. I'd given them something, and I had bought something in its place that was brand new. Are you with me? So I had given them something that was secondary. So it really wasn't a sacrifice for me because I had planned. So I just gave them this thing over here. And after I saw this, I got so convicted by it. I had to go out and buy another brand new one and go give it to them. Now, it wasn't that big a deal. But the Lord said, Sid, I want to teach you something as you walk through this. That it's not just about a tithe. It's not just about a duty, a responsibility. But it's something about the heart that I want to teach you. And I guess that's why this means so much to me. Because it's just not about a tithe. See, a tithe should be something that we don't even think that much about. We should want to give our best to the Lord because it is a form of worship. But how many of us give begrudgingly or unwillingly? Or when we give, we're like going, ah. Now the Bible says that God loves a cheerful giver. But how many of us are really cheerful about being generous? Or are we just sort of going along with the flow? In the book of Leviticus, this is what it says. You will be accepted only if your offering is a male animal and no defects. It may be a bull, a ram, or a male goat. Do not present an animal with defects because the Lord will not accept it on your behalf. Do you really think it, that it was about the sacrifice or was it really about the attitude of our hearts? See, if you define the word generous, this is why you define it. Showing a readiness to give more of something that is strictly necessary or it, than is something than is strictly necessarily or expected. It's above the bar. It's above normal. It's abundant. And this is what the, proverb, the writer in Proverbs says. The generous will prosper. Those who refresh others will themselves be refreshed. Who do you think that was refreshed for the giving of their gift? 
Frank? Evan? Evan. Ray? Ray. Remember the gift that Frank gave? What was it? What was the gift that Frank gave? He took it out of his pocket and was going to get ready to give it. Was that the best? Or was that a spotted, stinky sheep? Was Evans the best? See, did you catch up on what he said? What kind of a gift was that? What kind of a, what kind of a toy was that for Evan? Was that just a... Was that... It was his favorite. It was, his fa- it was a vintage airplane. What, was, what do you think Dad was thinking? What are you doing? The monetary didn't bother him. Evan, it was all about the heart. He didn't see it as something that he was giving up. He saw it as something that he was giving willingly. Um, I want to read a passage to you, passage to you in Mark because I think this is so good, because so many times we look from our, our eyesight, from a human perspective, and we see somebody give a lot, but a lot may, not, may only be a little. Are you with me? Somebody who has more may have the ability to give more, but we look at it and we go, oh, look how much they gave. Can you imagine? And then somebody who gives little. Who do you, get, who do you think gets paid more attention, the person who... Who gives a lot or the person who gives a little? Who do you pay attention to? Jesus had a lot to say about that in reference to favoritism too. But in Mark chapter 12, Mark chapter 12, verse 41 through 44, the story goes like this. Jesus had sat down near the collection box in the temple and he watched the crowds as they dropped in their money. Many rich people, remember rich? more than what they need. Many rich people put in large amounts. Then a poor widow came in and dropped in two small coins. <laughs> so you got people coming in and putting in, and they're standing probably over there by the tithe box, and they're like going, one, yeah. two, three, checking out four you know that's one of the reasons i don't know i I don't i don't know who gives what i have no clue so i can speak to you with no prejudice i have have no clue who gives what i know what i give but i can imagine the the picture is jesus is telling the story here's somebody standing over the tithe box saying i want everybody to notice how much i'm giving and here's a little old lady that walks up and what does it say she drops in two small coins Jesus gathers up all his disciples and he said man let me tell you guys something I don't know if you guys caught it but he said look he said I tell you this the poor widow has given more than all the others who were making contributions for they gave a a small part of their surplus but she poor not having enough not having all that she needed poor as she is she gave everything she had to live on. That's a sacrifice. For me, I ain't there. And as I look across this room, there may be some people that are there, but I, I would probably say very few of us. See, it's not about the duty, and it's not about the responsibility. 
but it's about the heart. It's about the heart. Um, Frank had been blessed with so much, yet he was so stingy with what God had given him. Mm. Mm. With all that Frank had been given, with all of his church attendance, with all of his business savvy, with all of his perfection, he was still missing something, wasn't he? How many of us are missing something? How many of us have professed Christ and we're on this journey and you're maybe serving in a children's environment or you may be serving over at Beyond the Walls and you're tithing and maybe you're in a missional community and you're a leader within the community and you're fulfilling all the duties and the responsibilities but there's still something that's missing. It's the heart. It's the heart. And I would love to tell you this. I'm not going to guilt you into anything. If there's one thing you've learned about me over the past six or seven years, I'm not in about guilting you into doing anything. Maybe a couple of things. <laughs> but I know what God, when he speaks to our hearts, he does a whole lot better at convincing us what we should do than me standing up here. A whole lot more. I want to finish up by, by, just, by just saying this. God's kingdom doesn't lack resources. See, what, see what's limited here is our willing to live and to live generously. God's kingdom doesn't lack resources. We're blessed with this building. And these properties, you know why? Because there were some people that were willing to be generous to us. When's the last time you've been generous? When's the last time that you've went beyond the 10? Some of you may not even tithe. I, I don't know. Steve and Bill and I were talking about this yesterday in the vehicle, coming back. You know, some people would say, there's just no way for a person that comes to accept Christ. There may be no financial way, supposedly, according to statistics, that you can even begin a tithe. Start someplace. It's not about the duty or the responsibility. It's about heart. See, there are some of you that are holding on to that 10%, and you're being so doggone legalistic, and you're still missing it. It's about the heart. So this is my challenge for you this next week, as simple as it may be. I want you to ask yourself this question. As you go before the Lord, I just want you to ask, am I giving my best or am I giving stinky sheep? Am I giving my best or am I giving stinky sheep? God, what is it you're asking of me? Is it my time Financial resources? Abilities? See, Hannah's already told you. Hannah, you need about 10 people to help you on Saturday, don't you? I mean, on Thursday. I wonder how many people will say, Hannah, I want to help, not because of guilt, but because you were willing to listen and say, God, I'm going to set aside something over here that I've got going on, and I want to be able to help Hannah. I wonder how many people will go to her today and say, I feel that's me. I want to relieve you from the pressure. Don't you feel guilted in that? 
But I wonder how many people would say, I'm willing to set aside. One of the best set-aside people I know, where is Steve Painter at? Where? Oh, he's in the back? He set aside his time from listening to this to be in the back serving, huh? Steve Painter's always setting aside his plans to go help somebody. Tom and Sandy, you just received the other day the generosity of some people. Blessed your heart, didn't it? Out of all these years, for all the times that you guys have been generous, all the times that you've shown generosity to other people, and there's a group of people that got together and said, Sandy and Tom, we're going to be generous to you. What did that mean to you, Sandy? Tom can't speak, he's crying. What did that mean to you, Sandy? Stand up right there where you are. What did it mean? Because you said some things to me outside the door. What, is it, what did it mean to you? And God blessed because there were some people that were willing to give up to be able to participate. Hmm. See, the, the, I go back because our gifts are a reflection of our hearts. Can't serve two masters. And are you storing up treasures here on this earth? Or are you storing up treasures in heaven? Because we live, when we live as God intended us to live, it not only has eternal consequences, but it has an impact here on this earth. So over the next several weeks, as we follow this family story, and it gets pretty intense, next week, hilarious, hilarious, but you got to come back next week to see it. Maybe we'll have the screen fixed by that time. Maybe the tithes and offerings will have went up and we'll have enough money to fix it. <laughs> you know, we asked ourselves, what's the intent? What's the intent behind this? That your hearts will be changed. Your hearts will be changed. For some of you, it means that maybe for the first time in your life, you'll begin to see the resources that God has blessed you with. And all of a sudden, for the first time in your life, maybe you begin to tithe. Maybe some of you may catch on and say, maybe, maybe I'm participating, but maybe God's calling me to serve in an area and utilize my time. See, I don't know what that may, may be. But when I told the girl that, was, that I talked to about this, because we had a, I don't want to say a counseling session, but a session where we talked, she said, what is it you want to get out of this series? I said, well, I want the hearts of our people to be stirred into, in such a place that it just overflows. And she said, this isn't about increasing your offerings. And I said, no. I said, it's about an attitude of generosity because it's contagious. She goes, wow. She goes, I want to be a part of something like that. Because if we were to use God's resources as he so designed, it's amazing what would be able to be done. On the outside of the door over the next several weeks, we're going to talk to you about opportunities beyond the tithe that you guys have a, a chance to participate in.
Bless Wildwood, which we started five years ago. Um, we have now begun to, to, uh, to pass that on to Steve Turner and some of the guys up at Oxford, um, Oxford Assembly, Brother Daniel, Brother, Brother Darrell, and we've passed that on, and we, we're asking them to continue carrying that torch. God's now placed us in this community here in Fruitland Park, and so we're going to begin a whole process of starting a new Bless Fruitland Park. For the past year and a half, I've been working with pastors here and been meeting with them on a monthly basis. This past Friday, there were five of our men here that helped host um, our third or fourth annual pastors golf tournament for this whole area. And uh, we did that out with Brother Steve Resch, who is at Continental Country Club, and blessed us with the opportunity to be able to go. And it was a great day for us. It was a great day for the pastors that participated. It was a great day for those laymen that were able to come and participate. But for the past year and a half, we've been building that relationship so that we could eventually birth, bless Fruitland Park because Fruitland Park needs our attention. Not only our schools, but this community needs our attention. And so we're working together, putting one little piece at a time so that we can say, okay, God, this is a community we want to have an impact in. How do you want to use us? One of the first things that we're going to do is we're going to go back to one of the first things that we did when we were in, in Wildwood. What we're going to do is we're going to focus on our schools. So there's a Christmas tree that's been put up out there. For the next two weeks, uh, we'll finish up on the 23rd. There's a Christmas tree with some little envelopes at Debbie. Um, where is Debbie Hayes? What a great-looking tree, Deb. Debbie set it up. If you want to participate and, and you have extra beyond your tithe that you would like to, to participate in, you grab one of those envelopes, and I'll tell you what that money is going to go for. That money is going to be used to help impact the lives of kids that are in need at Fruitland Park Elementary School. Just like we did in Wildwood, we'll work specifically with the administrative staff, with the counselors there, and that money will be used to impact their lives. It's a start. A goal for us is very simple. $1,000. $1,000. We're starting off simple. $1,000. Maybe your business you want to participate with us. Something simple. But we'll do that for the next several weeks as a part of this living generously. Maybe you've got some extra. We want to give you that as an opportunity to be able to give. If, you, if you're saying, listen, I want to give my time, you see Sharon. Sharon may have some opportunities in children's environments to say, listen, I want to be able to give my time. Sharon, stand up. Hannah's right there. Hannah's already said, listen, I have an immediate need for, for a, a food drop this coming Thursday that's going to happen. I've got three or four hours or five hours that I can come and help. You see Hannah this morning. Yes. And if you need some help with Thanksgiving, if you'd like to help, see, see Hillary. Then in the month of December, we're going to turn our attention away from here. And what we're going to do is we're going to look out to other missionaries that are serving on the field all over the world. And for the first time in the history of Heritage, we're going to take up what's called a Lottie Moon offering. And all of that, 100% of those resources will be given to missionaries that are on the field. So we'll let you know more about these, about these and what we're going to be doing. But I just wonder what God is going to do through this. Not through a video, but as God's people listen, I wonder what he will do. Would you bow your heads with me this morning? As your heads are bowed and your eyes are closed, this is what I want to say. Living a generous life begins when you come to understand that there was one who gave so generously, a 
and you come to receive him. The greatest gift of all, Jesus Christ. Jesus came. He lived on this earth. He was beaten. He suffered. And he died for our sins. And he was resurrected from the dead. And he now sits at the right hand of the Father. If you don't know him personally, what is it that keeps you from making the most important decision of your life? And that's receiving him. Today, if you don't know Christ, I'd love to invite you to begin that journey by saying, I want to follow Jesus. I don't understand it all, but I want to follow Jesus. Today, for the, those of us that are here that are followers of Christ, I just want to say, I wonder as we evaluate this week, God, what are we giving? The stinky sheep, the leftover, or the good sheep, the first? Help us to identify that. That's all I'm asking this week. And as we go, may our hearts be pricked, God, that, it, God, that it's not about the duties or the responsibilities, but it's about an attitude of the heart. Capture our hearts. Maybe we're willing to sacrifice and give you our hearts during this time. May, we, may there be a, a something fresh and new, a new word that you speak into us that so, so excites us about being part of your kingdom work. Thank you, Father, for this day. For those that may not know Jesus and want to today make that decision, may they come see me after this service. And Lord, as we leave, may we be reminded to live out as your ambassadors, um, to live for you on a daily basis, to find out and discover how we can practice living generously, not just one day a week, but seven days a week. Because that's really where life is at. Help us, Father, this week to live for you. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen.